is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. is about nutrition, essentials for an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, and simple secrets for living an extraordinary life of health, well-being, and enhanced life force. Billy Merritt is my guest. He has devoted most of his adult life to the study and teaching of natural health and well-being. Billy has taught nutrition physical training, and yoga at the world-famous Ashram Health Retreat. But it was only after being diagnosed with a rare and dangerous brain condition that Billy really delved deeply into the connection between lifestyle and health. Today, his condition is in remission, to which Billy credits his diet, his physical fitness, and his lifestyle. He operates Billy's Infinity Greens, dedicated to providing blends of medicinal herbs and natural superfoods, all of which are known to have significant health benefits for thousands of people all over the world, including me. Here is the interview with Billy Merritt. In your own words, who is Billy Merritt? Billy Merritt. Billy Merritt is a reasonable health nut and expert, all in one, uh, who is dedicated to the life path of making people healthy, providing just the right tools and information to live a more healthful and happy life. So um, I guess my next or my first official question is, what is to be healthy in your opinion? Meaning, do you have an unconventional definition for what is to be a healthy person? Well, it's streamlining a healthy way of life, lifestyle. Uh, that it's uh, thankfully not limited to diet, while that's a vital part of it. It is diet, it's exercise, it's getting your sunshine, it's a healthy social life, healthy sleep and um, many other things, of course. And so it's a matter of 
adjusting your whole lifestyle, uh, streamlining it uh, into a fashion that uh, basically just builds a healthier body and mind, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The mind as well. Yeah. Hmm. What is your personal healing story, Billy? Well, uh, many healings along the life path. However, uh, the grand achievement is a healing of a brain condition. And that it, uh, it actually is genetic and uh, have had. Uh, thousands of seizures in my life, literally thousands. I'm not exaggerating, believe it or not. And uh, it's been quite a challenge that has demanded my focus because it was, uh, you know, intense suffering. But I already knew that you can completely revolutionize your health and while you may not necessarily be able to heal any medical condition i am confident at the very very least that you can improve upon your health and reduce symptoms which i did for many years and then all of a sudden just hit the finish line and i'm now a seizure-free person i'm so grateful to say Right. That's wonderful. Is the, the suffering through the condition that you had or um, do you still have? No. The condition you don't. Okay. No, I'm a, I'm a healed individual. And um, it's, it's really amazing how, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, the suffering and in the end, I can actually uh, see as a blessing in disguise that I uh, used it as, uh, well, I suppose you could say the wind in my sails, uh, the motivating push to really do something about my health. You know, I knew I could. I knew I could. So right away, I didn't necessarily just throw in the towel, just uh, accept ex just accepting hopelessly that this is the way my life is always going to be. So I lived a very diligent healing lifestyle, which in include, included all of the above and still does today, of course. It was, uh, you know, the diet and the right kind of sleep and even exercise. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely profound what the body can do on all levels. It's, it's underestimated, really, and is why it's a topic that I can get just so very excited about because, really, people just don't know uh, that many people, they feel that they have a reasonably healthy diet and lifestyle, uh, and they just kind of think if their health is just uh, mediocre, that they're just kind of like, huh, this is the way it's always going to be. But because they have not tried like, to really streamline their way of life, they just don't know what they're missing out on. And so the exciting thing, though, is once you 
integrate some of the health principles that I have to share, it kind of wakes up the body. And of course, it's worthy to consider here that the body, all the organs and functions are essentially taking care of the brain and the brain, the health of the brain is then to be reflected in the health of your emotions uh, and a healthy mind. And that's where the click happens is, is the streamlined healthy way of life wakes up the individual to where they're just like, oh my gosh, I get it. Not that it's going to solve all your problems and make you permanently happy. But I can sure assure you it's going to make you happier and it's going to enable you to handle your problems better because you're just everything in your body, including your mind and emotions, just works better. It makes so much sense to me. Um, would you say that your health condition was the inspiration for you to do what you do today? Can you tell us what you do as a professional these days? Well, sure. So I have worked as a nutritionist and trainer for many years. And so I was able to witness to see just what people could do for themselves at the health retreat where I worked, this, uh, the Ashram Health Retreat in Malibu, California, where it was a, a very uh, stringent uh, routine of diet and exercise where people would come and uh, do this program for one week. Everybody would come together and go through this entire program of hiking, uh, believe it or not, 10 to 14 miles a day, people just didn't even know that they could uh, do that level of hiking. But if you think about it, uh, uh, the nomadic way of life is, in fact, in our genes. So once you take it to this level of physical activity and the medicinal diet, people would totally revolutionize their health. People would come and then go as different people. It was just really mind-blowing. And then, of course, my own healing journey was just the turbo boost. And is thus why I am totally dedicated uh, with getting the information out there, but also the medicinal superfoods. You know, the, uh, the formulas that I make. So uh, I do have a line of products. Uh, the name of my operation is Infinity Superfoods. And I have these formulas that are just blends of different herbs and medicinal superfoods that are targeting some specific function in the body. Uh, so the product line came from, actually, it originally came from the health retreat because at this program, I was uh, mixing different formulas. And we're talking foods like blue-green algae, spirulina, chlorella, klamath algae, all sorts of medicinal herbs like stinging nettles, horsetail, burdock root, noble cactus, probiotics, enzymes, these high antioxidant fruits that... Uh, I believe was a very important part of enabling people to do such a 
rigorous uh, exercise program that it's not all calories. Calories are fuel, yes, but then the super nutrient-rich foods are the life force. They're underestimated. And so uh, the flagship formula, Infinity Greens, uh, is a blend of superfoods. Each one is targeting a specific organ or function of the body. And it's something that I'm very passionate about and dedicated to getting out to the world. And as you probably know, I also have a published book, The Infinity Health Manual, which uh, is the whole lifestyle, diet, exercise, all of the things we've talked about. So it is my ultra passion and dedication. That's really great to know what you do. Uh, we talked before and you have awakened me uh, for a lot of these um, details I didn't know about superfoods. And that's my next question. What are superfoods exactly? Well, so it's quite a broad category because there are in the world if you consider chinese medicine ayurveda western herbology there are literally thousands of foods that i believe fall into the category of medicinal foods that you could also call superfoods now in a sense you could even consider something like collard greens, a, a highly nutritious food, but I wouldn't call it a superfood. In my mind, what defines a superfood is something that has truly extraordinary influence on something specific in the body. Yes, of course we need our green vegetables. Chlorophyll, it's vital. Chlorophyll uh, being what makes green foods green Chlorophyll is what pulls toxic material out of the body. That's a really, really big deal. But let's consider what foods are the highest in chlorophyll. It's blue-green algae, spirulina, chlorella, klamath algae, where they have multiples, the amount of chlorophyll, than that of, say, uh, kale, arugula, chard, spinach, collard greens, so I put blue-green algae into the category of superfoods. And algae has actually been in the human diet for millennia, except for the last few hundred years, uh, until, well, say, 10 years ago when it was like, hey, this is, a, this is something that we should all really be taking. And so it is just catching on. Now, like blue-green algae, there are, again, many foods which have an extraordinary medicinal purpose where the influence it'll have on the body is, is nothing subtle. And when you are taking these superfoods diligently, anybody and everybody is going to feel them. While I can't say it's going to solve all of your problems and make you extremely healthy and enable you to eat donuts and cookies, I can assure you that 
It is, in a sense, well, I'm not going to call it a silver bullet, but it helps you build the silver bullet, which is your life force. Why are some people allergic to superfoods? Well, so this is a great question, which is opening up a whole other chapter of information. First of all, like I mentioned, there are literally thousands of plant foods that have that, that significant influence on the body. Now, everybody's body type is unique and different. And there are some superfoods that may not be a fit for someone's just physiology. Not necessarily common, but not exactly rare either. Now, there are many foods that are like, ah, is that really a superfood? Something, something like ginseng, for example, in Chinese medicine. It's revered as something that's just incredibly energizing, but it's also a stimulant. Now, is that going to be a fit for everybody? No. I th really, my definition of superfoods is something that virtually any and everybody can take. And it's not going to do any harm taken in any volume, to, to an extent, of course. So as far as some people being allergic to these superfoods, that is a brilliant question. And it's something I love to talk about because that opens up the, the, the chapter of autoimmune disease. So allergies, no matter what it is, whether you're allergic to bee stings or gluten or anything, really, is an autoimmune disease, allergies. That what autoimmune disease is, is anytime you have something that you're allergic to, it causes inflammation in the body. And inflammation is basically just something that causes a reduction in your life force. It interferes with circulation. That's the problem with inflammation. And then inflammation is opening up a whole new category because inflammation basically reduces blood flow, like I said. So basically, you're not getting that oxygen nutrient-rich blood circulating throughout the body quite like you could. And basically, everything just wears out faster. Now, the tough thing is, and I know I'm, these are very broad answers, but it's important stuff. This is, this is like the essence of it, is that we live in this modern day and age with a modern diet. We live like just an inflammatory lifestyle. The, the processed foods we have, everything from burgers to processed sugar cause inflammation in the body. That's why they cause you to age faster in a nutshell. So coming back full circle to your question, <laughs> if that's possible, is that it is important to identify things in your diet or superfoods that you may very well be allergic to because here's the brilliance of it. 
is you are not doomed. Allergies are actually something that you can correct. And the reason is because it, well, so allergies, like I mentioned, are an autoimmune disease. And autoimmune disease, in some cases, is genetic, but more often than not, it is not genetic. And it's basically when your immune system attacks your own body. It's, it's, a, it's a confusion in the body. The immune system is literally attacking your very own well-being, and that's what causes the inflammation. And here's the brilliance, and, and uh, I, I am answering your question finally full circle, and that is to live the medicinal lifestyle that essentially trains your immune system, that by living this streamlined, healthy way of life with the right amount of sleep, exercise, and yes, superfoods, you are building the intelligence back into your body, which is absolutely reflected as an intelligent immune system. And people don't know this, but you can, for this reason, this path, you can actually reverse al algaes, uh, allergies, excuse me, and enabling you to basically, if there is a superfood that you believe in and something that is truly high impact, that you should eventually be able to take it again. So it's really quite an extraordinary whole topic that I've written uh, actually chapters on and is something that I'm very passionate about in case you couldn't tell. Right. Oh, yes, I, I can tell <laughs> very much. So what causes the, the immune system to be confused? Oh, my gosh, that is such a good question. Anything. Anything that makes the body weaker. Yes. Even, even just things such as stress and lack of sleep. More often than not, it is diet. But anything that makes the body weaker is absolutely reflected by a weaker immune system, a weaker liver, a weaker brain, a weaker heart. Everything becomes weaker. And when the immune system gets weak, and it is important to think about the immune system not so, the immune system is not an organ it's it's a, it's an intelligence in the body so when you are living a lifestyle that's just wear and tear from processed food it 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 basically weakens the body's intelligence the built-in wisdom and one of the more sensitive things that can go haywire sooner than later is, in fact, the immune system. Wow. Yeah, it makes sense. And the immune system is located? Is that within the cells or where is it? Really, you can't pinpoint it. It's this just essentially invisible intelligence built in the body. It's like a software that makes the body resilient to such things as disease. That is so interesting because we hear a lot the word immune system a lot, but I never really thought about the place where it is. I, I just thought about it now to ask you the question. 
So there's no really location. It's not, it's not localized. Right. Besides less toxicity, what are the other benefits of consuming organic foods? Well, I can tell you it is so important. While back in the 90s and, and before, the notion of organic foods was like uh, something for just hippies. And thankfully, just now, we have the facts. And that, first of all, in order for a food to be certified organic, it cannot be uh, sprayed with pesticides, chemicals, essentially, that fend off insects and mold and bacteria. Now, here's the, here's the bigger part of it, actually. Everybody knows about the pesticides, which are essentially poison. And trace amounts aren't going to do much harm, but having non-organic foods with those small amount of pesticides will sure add up and absolutely can make the body more vulnerable to autoimmune disease, allergies. Uh, now, I think the part that's even more important is the genetic modification. So it's amazing that we have been able to do gene alteration in the foods that we eat. And many years ago, it was thought to be brilliant. The purpose was to make foods grow faster and bigger. And the catch is it's just a completely different food. Literally. Like on, on the cellular level, it's something radically different where food is a lot more than just calories and nutrients and fiber. You know, there's, there's something in the food that when altered is basically just confusing to the body. And because of that does make the body subtly weaker and, and doing something of subtleties every day sure adds up, like I mentioned. And so it's so important to have the majority of your diet uh, as certified organic foods. It really is. It's underestimated. Uh, fortunately, people are catching on to this fact more and more. But here, here is uh, 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 something that I want people to pay close attention to. Something being certified organic does not make it healthy. So that's a tricky one because you go to your natural food store and it's aisle after aisle of certified organic products that are processed food. You know, br bread, chips, crackers, pasta. And so it's all about having the whole unprocessed foods and certified organic as much as possible for that being the bulk of your diet. And thankfully, it doesn't just have to be just brown rice and steamed broccoli. That would be so depressing, <laughs> which I will share with you that I have a, a, a chapter of recipes that I 
devised for the Ashram Health Retreat where I taught nutrition because you can truly make your healthy food taste delicious. It's not rocket science. People just don't know how. Yeah. Um, are you a vegetarian? So, great question. I actually eat a small amount of salmon. And I know that I could be totally healthy on a vegan diet. I do not do any dairy for important reasons. But as far as fish goes, and well, let's talk about the whole category of meat in general. Uh, it's, it's vitally important. I do feel strongly that going free of animal products such as beef and chicken will absolutely reflect as living a longer, healthier life. You know, um, it's tough for people to hear, but here's the reality is that in the more primitive lifestyle, we lived largely off of animal protein, but also consider we didn't live very long either. Now, of course, they didn't have the health care like we did. But here's the important thing to consider is how it interacts with the body. Quality protein, yes, but the price that comes with is inflammation, which we just talked about. It's, they're inflammatory foods. The hard-to-digest animal proteins do cause inflammation in the body. Now, having these foods from time to time, no big deal. However, having them daily absolutely weakens the body because that inflammation limits that oxygen nutrient-rich silver bullet that you create with your lifestyle, also known as life force, like we said, it's basically preventative of your body doing that constant restoration. And so it does uh, just cause a little confusion and just reluctance. It's like, oh, really, do I have to be vegan? No, no, you don't. Um, and that's another thing that I love to share with my recipes is that you can absolutely have a, a very enjoyable vegetarian or even vegan lifestyle. Now, as far as fish goes, I'm, I'm a bit partial to salmon for a couple of reasons. Of all animal protein, of all fish, it's high in vitamin D. Vitamin D is the immune system. I know we always think of vitamin C for the immune system, but it's a lot of things. And vitamin D is just as important. Now, as we know, we get vitamin D from sunshine. But... In this modern day and age, we don't all get the sunshine that we normally would just because of our lifestyle or where just we live in the world. It's largely dependent on climate. So that's, that's a big consideration. Now, I will say that there is the alternative solution of vitamin D supplements. But... I feel that the whole foods in general are always going to be better. Salmon is also high in the fish oils, which are blood thinners, anti-inflammatories. 
So it's a brilliant food. I don't feel you have to have to be healthy though. It's just uh, my my personal liking. It works really well with my body type. I have been totally vegetarian before, and that works great too. Um, I will say though, it is important to note that the salmon you eat should always be fresh caught. The farm-raised salmon only has 25% the amount of vitamin D that wild caught has. One other reason that I emphasize salmon, and actually I'm really glad that you asked because this is one thing that people need to pay very close attention to. The wild caught fish, as we all know, unfortunately can have some mercury. Thankfully, salmon is at, is at the bottom of the totem pole. It's important for people to know that actually the highest mercury-containing fish is tuna. Yes. What a terrible irony that it's the most common fish eaten. And that's a really big deal is low mercury foods. Mercury essentially causes confusion in the brain. What a tough fact that it's just in our diet uh, to the extent that absolutely is making the brain and essentially the mind weaker. That's a really big deal to me. So for uh, anybody who's serious about a truly healthy mind, stay away from tuna and basically any large predatory fish, uh, swordfish, shark, obviously, and that in general, it's the smaller fish that are low mercury salmon being the example. I know that was another long-winded answer, but all vitally important things. Yeah, thank you, Billy. No, that was incredibly helpful. We can find also vitamin D in egg yolks, right? A very small amount. Eggs, eggs are eggs are cool. I I'm a fan. It is uh, it is nice to know that actually. Eggs do not raise your blood pressure or your cholesterol. That is, that is old news that is untrue. Yes, eggs have cholesterol, but cholesterol from eggs actually doesn't raise the cholesterol. In general, cholesterol is raised from saturated fat, and there's actually less than one gram of saturated fat in an egg. So I think they're, I think they're a great food. Okay, so egg, egg yolks or eggs would be okay. Um, let me go through a list of foods just quickly. Just tell me briefly or yes or no for these. And if you say maybe, um, then I would like to hear why maybe okay. uh, we should consume these foods or not. Uh, the, the one that I have here, the first one is corn. Okay, so corn has been in the diet for millennia and especially in native american cultures is actually revered to be a sacred food interestingly enough but uh pr heavily processed corn it's basically just a very starchy food now starchy what that means and processed wheat wheat flour would be another example like bread is in its processed state Starchy foods metabolize into glucose literally in just a few minutes. So it's very similar uh, in terms of how it reacts with the body 
to process sugar. So blood, so sugar, blood sugar goes up quickly and then down quickly. And that causes inflammation and confusion in the body and a quick weight gain. So having corn in terms of like, uh, actually popcorn is cool. Mm, homemade, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is important, though, for your popcorn to either be air popped or cooked in coconut oil, which is somewhat heat resilient. Uh, we're not talking popcorn at the movies, unfortunately, where it's like a tablespoon of salt. Um, so I know, I know this is. Yeah. So. I hear you. <laughs> right. right oh my god love salt <laughs> i'm just laughing because i love it <laughs> i love salt yeah not, oh, just salt corns, but not at all since you mentioned salt though <laughs> but i'm trying to slow down that uh a little bit of salt's okay that's not doing any harm however just your everyday iodized table salt it's water retention, it raises your blood pressure, and is absolutely an inflammatory. So having a lot of salt does essentially uh, wear the body out a fair bit. Now, having a small amount to make your foods a little more palatable is fine. You know, it's okay. Uh, and they contain a lot of minerals, right? The Himalayan salt. I also have iodized. It's called iodized, yeah, salt. Well, so iodine is something that's important for our diet, believe it or not, but adding it to our salt doesn't really do much, actually. Now, as far as iodized foods goes, you can't beat the seaweeds, dulse and kelp. That's part of why they're in the Infinity Greens formula. I'm a believer in, in dulse and kelp. That's the unprocessed iodine right there. Okay, so that's out of the window today. Mm -hmm. My salt. Uh, what about coffee, caffeine? Oh, okay. So... I feel a small amount of caffeine is okay. Now, of course, that's relative. A cup of coffee, one cup, we're talking not your 16-ounce double espresso. The average cup of coffee has about 100 milligrams of caffeine. And that's fine. But large amounts of caffeine are stress on the adrenals because it's a stimulant so having some caffeine is fine but here's the thing when you live the life force just diet and lifestyle in general you'll find that you just need less stimulants in general mm, true so true yeah so, so true. what you'll find is that have a smaller cup of coffee is actually going to give you that same boost of energy than if you had a large cup of coffee, but you weren't a super healthy person. So everything, well, I wouldn't say everything in moderation, but I'll say that caffeine falls into the category of potential moderation. Okay. Would green tea be okay? Like as a source of caffeine? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked. So 
in general, tea is better. Uh, coffee is slightly acid farming. Uh, that's opening up a whole new topic, which we can maybe just get into some other time. But uh, tea in general is better for a couple of reasons. It's lower caffeine. It's harder to overdo it. It does have some antioxidant value. Uh, antioxidants are basically ions that reduce free radicals in the body, but there's antioxidants in so many things. Yeah, raw fruits and vegetables, it, it, it's definitely not something that we need to count on with green tea. But um, yeah, it's totally fine. In fact, I mean, having a small amount of caffeine, it's a blood thinner. So it can even be a, a slight anti-inflammatory. So I'm, I'm a fan. You know, it, it's a great tool for uh, meditation, by the way, in the morning. You know, just to kind of give the mind a little boost. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, thank you. The other, you mentioned meats, like red meat. Are you saying that even grass-fed meats, when consumed in moderation, saying like oh, twice a month, perhaps, so once a month, small quantity, would that be okay? Well, that's a tough, that's a tough question to answer as far as how uh how to how how much just you're you're actually limiting it now having it a couple times a month is that going to be wear and tear on the body no uh minuscule minuscule again like i mentioned it is an inflammatory so it's uh that's a tough one but here's the interesting thing that i find is true for a lot of people who go through the ashram program that I worked with, is that when you live the medicinal diet for a period, you lose your taste for things that don't enhance your well-being. And I feel that no matter how grass-fed the beef is, it falls into that category. Now, I will say, however, that it has far less wear and tear on the body than your more common everyday beef. So I do, I do actually highly encourage that if you really feel you need to have beef in your diet to keep it to the grass fed organic beef. So the big difference, by the way, with grass fed beef is it's just lower in saturated fat. Because your everyday beef are fed, um, they're fed, cows are fed, uh, basically high starch foods so that they grow faster and fattier because people like, it is just a tough fact that people like the, the greasier meat, but more saturated fat raises your cholesterol and blood pressure. So, no, that's... That's obviously a really big deal. So yes. if you really feel you need to have it, uh, just have it once a week and try to replace it with something superior like salmon. Salmon is very satisfying. It's that animal protein that really does satisfy the body. 
Yes, and I agree. For me, the challenge has been Florida. We don't find wild uh, Alaskan salmon here. So when I'm in New York, that's easier to find than not here. Well, you can always find it frozen. And so I hear you, but it is, um, it is actually good to know that at the store, no matter how natural food the store is, the, the, the fish that is sold, quote unquote, fresh has actually been frozen. Mm, oh, wow. Really? Yep. To, to buy like fish that's actually truly fresh, it's hard to find and you're going to pay a lot of money because it essentially has to be overnighted. And so your, your more common salmon products at your, even your more expensive natural food stores, I can guarantee you have been frozen and then thawed just once. That's why they tell you um, to not freeze it because when you freeze fish a second time, it changes the texture. Freezing it once is, is, doesn't change it much, only slightly. Wow. Yeah, I bet I didn't know. Hmm. So what about vitamin B12? We can find oh, red meats, right? It's easily found, found there. But what about salmon? Okay. I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for you. reminding me. I, I, did leave, I did leave that out. So, yep, that's, that's a, a tough question. And thankfully, uh, yes, salmon is rich in B12. Any meat has B12. And it's an important one. It really is uh, for the brain. Now, B12 is another one of those things that you can take as a supplement. And it's okay. It's fine. Uh, just one little tip, though, is to take B12 as just an exclusive supplement where you're not taking multivitamins, where multivitamins can actually be terrible, which is, of course, opening up a whole new topic. But Right. Um, it's one of my questions here about safe supplements to take. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. so... Let me go. Let me go back before and continue with my list. It's almost there. I know you mentioned uh, chicken would be. Um, would you say yes for grass-fed? Not grass-fed. I think they call organic chicken free-range. Right, or they call it free-range or pasture-fed. So chicken in general is lower in saturated fat, so it's less inclined to raise your cholesterol and blood pressure. So that's an advantage. Uh, assuming we're not talking fried chicken. Now, um, it is still an acid-forming food, and so it does create that inflammation in the body. Again, having it from time to time is perfectly fine, but w why eat these foods when, I, when you can eat salmon instead, which I really do consider as a superfood? And you get the B12, you get vitamin D, which you do not get in any, in any other meat products. And so that's, uh, that's a big deal. Now, um, there, there is the whole other topic of environmental impact. And that's a tough one that people really need to answer themselves that really you can do just fine 
and great even on a totally vegan diet. You would just need to supplement with your B12. That's the big one because you do not get B12 from any plant foods. Eggs is only a very nominal amount. It might be enough, but it might not. And so that is just the one thing to pay attention to for a vegan or vegetarian diet. Okay. So, yeah, I, I agree with you about salmon. How often for the consumption? Personally, I, I have it nearly every day. Wow, really? Yep. But not in large amounts, right? Like no, small that's amounts. a good question. The, uh, <laughs> the, the animal protein servings are just huge. And uh, especially here in the United States, it's just kind of nuts that... Really, like more than four to six ounces is kind of a waste. It's just not what your body needs unless you're like seriously into bodybuilding and then your health thing, your health is gonna suffer in another way. But uh, yeah, you know, just just the the elite goes a long way. Personally, I have about four ounces of salmon a day and and that, that does the trick, which is a small amount. That's small. That's great. Yeah, that sounds really great to me. That's what what I do here uh, with red meats, grass-fed, uh, ground meat. I like that better for digestion. Um, really small, just sprinkling around just on top of my rice or vegetables. Not too much. Um, what about beans? Okay. I, I consider beans to be a brilliant food. Absolutely. Uh, now, they can be slightly hard to digest, but assuming you have a strong digestive system from a healthy lifestyle, then uh, beans can be great. I actually have beans every day. Okay, yep. and I know you are, you don't consume any dairy. No. Nope. No cheeses, nothing. Milk, butter. What about butter, uh, grass-fed butter? So it's fine, you know, having, having a small amount of dairy and what small it is, is of course, just a whole other question of just relative to the, to the person's weight and body, body type and whatnot. But dairy, well, so actually dairy, as far as like milk goes, is, is hard for the body to digest. It's, it's lactose. Lactose is milk sugar. And really, it doesn't do well for anybody having it in, in large quantities. So, yes, I know it's high-quality protein, and it has, uh, has calcium and whatnot. So it's fine. It's not necessarily doing you harm. I think butter is cool. Now, it is a saturated fat. And saturated fats, for most people, is something good to keep within a tablespoon a day or less. That more than that does, in fact, raise your cholesterol and blood pressure, like any saturated fat. I feel that coconut oil is a brilliant alternative. And, however, it is is something also to be used in moderation because even though it doesn't have any cholesterol, still it's a saturated fat. 
And the reason I feel that the coconut oil deserves some special attention is because it's something that you can cook with. It's, it's uh, resilient to heat. So if you're cooking eggs or if you want to uh, stir fry some vegetables, it's really an important oil to use as an alternative to something like sesame oil or, or olive oil. The, basically, it's your saturated fats like butter, like ghee, like coconut oil that don't break down under heat. And your unsaturated fats, oils that uh, basically are not a solid at room temperature, that's how you know if an oil is saturated fat or not. If it's, if it's at room temperature or cooler, it's a solid. If it's above room temperature and a liquid, then it's unsaturated. And in general, it's better to have more unsaturated fats in our diet. That's a, opening up a whole new category. But uh, fats, unsaturated fats, oils, break down under heat. They essentially uh, create free radicals, which irritates the thyroid. It can turn down your metabolism. Again, that's a whole other chapter. I write a chapter on it, in fact, in my book, The Infinity Health Manual. And it's something to pay close attention to, but it's a, it's a broad topic. There's a lot of, a lot of information with it. So. Okay, so no olive oil, basically. Well, having, having some olive oil just raw, uncooked on your salad is, is totally fine. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's good sure. to know. And soft cheese, are, are some cheese better than others? Well, cheese is one of those things where having it from time to time is no big deal, but it is a constipating food, unfortunately. Relative, mm, no fiber. Yeah, mm. well, I mean, fiber or not, um, some foods are, can be great for digestion, but cheese, yeah, is, uh, you know, it's comparable to eating glue in some, in some ways. So, you know, it's, it's a... It's a very satisfying food. You know, it's those saturated fats, like the fats in, in beef, that do give you a satiated appetite. And that's something to pay close attention to, actually, is that carbohydrates and protein do not satiate the appetite like fats. And so what are the highest quality fats? Those are the fats that we want to integrate into our diet. And those are raw nuts and seeds. Almonds, walnuts, pumpkin seeds, Brazil nuts, black seeds, chia seeds. Now we're talking. Those are the elite fats and the, br and the brilliance of having some of these superior fats in your diet is that they satiate your appetite. Satiating your appetite helps prevent overeating. Wow, that makes so much sense. Since I changed my milk, I make my own milk because of your suggestion. Hemp milk I make these days. I'm not hungry like for hours. It's unbelievable. Cool. Yeah, that's the nature of raw nuts or seeds. Raw nuts or seeds are, are massively beneficial. Underestimated. Yep. And uh, I guess my last two questions about food um, is wheatgrass is that I know you have written a blog post about wheatgrass that's um, was shocking to me. 
Yes, that's a tricky one because wheatgrass has actually only been used since the 1970s. They were just discovered as greens for pennies. And so they do have some nutritive value. However, it comes with a price, and that is they are an irritant to the gastrointestinal system. They're, it's, an, it's an inflammatory wheatgrass, in fact, and it's a terrible irony that somehow it's the primary ingredient in all of these quote-unquote superfood formulas out there. How did that ever happen in the first place? It's a mystery. Why have grass in your superfoods when you can have blue-green algae, which is superior in terms of nutrients and chlorophyll? I mean, the question, of course, is it's cheap. And what's the cost? Your health. So wheatgrass is definitely something to not have. It's a terrible irony, and so that's my humble advice. Uh, stay away from wheatgrass, for sure. Yep. Thank you, Billy. Um, and the last question about um, food, you know, it's uh, about supplements. What are the safe supplements to have daily? Well, that's a, a, a broad question, but in general, I stick exclusively with supplements that are food. So the most common supplement uh, is multivitamins. And getting all of your daily nutrients from a pill is a, a lovely philosophy, but is in fact damaging to your health. It's it's a it's a totally it's it's uh, <laughs> I wrote a chapter on it also that it's these are nutrients that don't come from foods and cause confusion in the body and a lot of stress on the kidneys. Now having a specific supplement, a specific nutrient like B12, where you're targeting something specific, is fine. And hopefully, if you're taking some other supplements specifically for a health condition, like if you're anemic, for example, and you need to take iron, that's just one example among many, is to only take it temporarily and in the meantime, have high iron foods in your diet. So that's just one example, of course, but trying to take all of your nutrients in just this uh, one pill is, is definitely not the way to go. So you would say no supplements at all, especially when it comes to many vitamins infused in one capsule. Yeah, supplements is a broad category and, and some people consider superfoods under the under the umbrella of supplements but I do not supplements in general to me are products that don't come from food and those I definitely do not advise wow that's so interesting um, and my last question about food and diet not this it's kind of um, uh, just a general um, funny maybe question If you were to have one 
kind of diet for the rest of your life, well, I would say one meal or maybe two a day, what would that meal be like? Chocolate. <laughs> okay, great. Just kidding. That was a joke. It's great. So, I, now. I, uh, I'm a believer in eating the same thing most of the time because it was really until only until this modern day and age that we were able to it's it's really only in the last 50 years that we're now able to have any and every food available year round and that's not something that we're really adapted to that there are just so many different body types, genetic, uh, generally. And so there are many foods that suit well with one person that don't with others. And so it's great when you can figure out what foods that you really just blend with. And if you look at all of the more primitive cultures, or that's not the right word, uh, but cultures that don't have this, this massive food distribution that we do, they, they largely eat the same thing every day, um, only which varies by season. And when you find the foods that are just right, nutritively, to your body, the brilliance is you just don't really get tired of them. So that's why I really do great just eating virtually the same thing every day. And I just never get tired of it. And I found that to be uh, largely the same situation with my clients. Yeah, so that makes sense to me. Um, just eating the foods that, are, that work for each one of us. Yeah. So would you say that there are foods that all of us can eat? I think you mentioned earlier. I feel the most important foods are green foods. Green foods because they tend to be the more nutritive, but equally important, if not more important, is green foods are what pull toxic material out of the body. So getting the right nutrients is just half of it. The other half is getting the funk out. Yes, right. Oh, no. And I know you, you said several times the algaes that they are really good for us. Yeah, they're the most chlorophyll-rich foods that exist. Great. Do you want to add anything uh, related to the topic of diet, nutrition, and superfoods before I ask you a few questions um, about life in general? Wow. Um well, I feel I feel what we talked about is comprehensive relative to the nutshell version of it all. Um, I I wish I could read my entire book within the uh, within an hour, but uh, maybe if we were going for four or five hours, we could. But as far as the nutshell version of it, I really feel we've covered some great material. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Billy. Um, let me ask you some questions about, I call them wholesome questions, philosophical questions, really. The first one is, how do you define spirituality? Oh, my goodness. Okay. 
Well, uh, it's something I love to reflect on in my own life. And it's basically, in my mind, the path of personal development in terms of the mind and subconsciousness and uh, the personal development that is going to reflect in such ways as kindness. Just to cut to the to the <laughs> to the and go straight to the top of the totem pole and uh, toward others and yourself, taking good care of yourself. And I feel that a big part of that is is having a, a relationship with with the great spirit. I do. I believe in God. And so the path of developing a, a, a closer relationship. And I won't necessarily say that you have to believe in God to be a spiritual person at all. Um, like I mentioned in the very beginning, I feel that the, the general definition would just be personal development in terms of the mind and heart. Yeah, I like that. What is another word for healing? Also personal development. <laughs> two, two words. Uh, yeah, healing is just self-improvement in the body. You know, we all have some, um, some healing work we can do. Everything in the body can work better all the time. And then, of course, there is the whole notion of healing damages in the body, which uh, is just so possible. It's extraordinary. You know, even even with my condition, something that's genetic, where from a neurologist point of view, I'm doomed. But it's amazing how you can, with the medicinal lifestyle, uh, including the work that you do with your mind, which I consider to be just as important as the rest of your lifestyle, if not more important, I really feel that it's possible to heal anything. I really do. Of course, is is a whole new topic entirely. And uh, yeah, I have a chapter about that in my book as well. Yes. Um, what is love to you? Kindness and appreciation and just general attraction to positive qualities. That's what first comes to mind. How do you define success? A sense of joy and achievement and accomplishment success i feel is is definitely a, a spiritual quality of just being happy with your life and also something that i work on every day you know just having goals and doing what i can to get there and building that sense of success you know, it's it's a it's a spiritual quality that we just can work to strengthen in our self-consciousness. Yeah, I like that. What you said, um, success being joy, having joy. Yeah, that resonates with my heart. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself, yeah. others in life? Self-appreciation and self-worth. It's uh 
it's such a tough one, I feel. for Well, for so many, not everybody, many people just have the advantage, but we live in a very achievement-driven society. And so really it's, it's in a way kind of the opposite of success almost that it's just a feeling of disappointment that we're, that we're not getting what we want and that it's really just a matter of shifting your focus to gratitude Gratitude for me is like a is like a a, a spiritual practice to uh, build that sense of self worth and self esteem and also the sense of success. Gratitude is a very powerful force and underestimated. I I practice it diligently every day. I have a list that I go down of all the things I'm grateful for and. It's just doing a great thing for yourself. So I'm very, very much a believer in the powers of gratitude. Oh, yes. Um, what is to be strong? Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, um, gratitude. Building, building, a, building a steadfast sense of gratitude. Building a steadfast sense of, of joy and just also personal development, building a building a strong body, building a strong mind with your lifestyle. And so strength. Yeah. Uh, just another another angle of personal development, doing what you can to improve your life. Right. And um, I have one more two questions last questions if you knew you would um, lose the body I would say I don't believe in death uh, in the sense of permanent death um, if you were to lose the body would you change anything about your life or do anything differently if you were about to lose the body soon I would let people know how much I appreciate that because in my mind, cutting to the finish line is making other people feel your appreciation makes you happy because instantly they feel more appreciation for you. And uh, feeling others, people, other people's appreciation does something uh, brilliant for the mind and heart. Do you believe in life after death? I do believe in, in the in, in the concept of eternal life. I do. Um, what kind of life do you think exists beyond this? Oh my goodness. I think it's underestimated just how many layers and levels of uh, dimensions and reality and the fact that we all came from we know that this that this space around us is in fact very rich with the invisible you know like consider just the the fresh air around us talk about life force and you can't see it you can't feel it and so i feel that again the universe started from just something immeasurably small and that 
in that thing that was immeasurably small, uh, we all existed. And so to that place, I, I feel we will return and how that will reflect in terms of our own consciousness. Oh my goodness, that's an exciting mystery. What are three things about life you know for sure? <laughs> uh, that it's a mystery, a fantastic journey, and uh, rich with potential. Yes, yes. It has been a healthy and meaningful conversation, Billy, as we had before already. This is a re-recording interview. Um, where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? My website is a great start. That is infinitygreens.com. And there I have a whole wealth of information about everything we've talked about and my line of superfoods, which are transformative. And I also just have all sorts of blogs and articles for this very purpose as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much again for your presence and knowledge and wisdom. Uh, well, thank you, Valeria. It's a joy and pleasure. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Baby. Thank you so much. Yep. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Billy Merritt, please visit his website, infinitygreens.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.